said, We know what over-advertisement is. It is a 20th century disease from which we all suffer. There are posters on every billboard, exaggerations on every blank wall, representations and misrepresentations without number. What visions we have seen of impossible fruits and flowers grown from Mr. So-and-so's seeds. Everything is over-advertised. Is it the same with the kingdom of God? Do the fruits which we raise from the good seed of the kingdom verify the description given by him from whom we obtained that good seed? Has he played us false? There is a feeling abroad that Christ has offered in his gospel more than he has to give. People think that they have not exactly realized what was predicted as the portion of the children of God. But why is this so? Has the kingdom of God been over-advertised, or is it only that it has been under-believed? Has the Lord Jesus Christ been overestimated, or has he only been under-trusted? What I want to do in this book is to show, in my small measure, what I firmly believe, that the kingdom of God could not possibly be over-advertised, nor the Lord Jesus Christ overestimated. For eye hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him and that all the difficulty arises from the fact that we have underbelieved and under-trusted. I want, therefore, to show as best as I can the grounds there are in the religion of the Lord Jesus Christ for that deep and lasting peace and comfort of soul, which nothing earthly can disturb, and which is declared to be the portion of those who embrace it. And I want further to tell, if this is indeed our rightful portion, how we are to avail ourselves of it, and what are the things that hinder? There is God's part in the matter, and there is man's part, and we must look carefully at both. A wild young fellow, who was brought to the Lord at a mission meeting, and who became a rejoicing Christian and lived an exemplary life afterward, was asked by someone what he did to get converted. Oh, he said, I did my part, and the Lord did his. But what was your part? asked the inquirer. And what was the Lord's part? My part, was the prompt reply, was to run away, and the Lord's part was to run after me until he caught me. A most significant answer. But how few can understand it. God's part is always to run after us. Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. What man of you, he says, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he find it. And when he hath found it, he layeth on his shoulders rejoicing. This is always the divine part, but in our foolishness we do not understand it, but think that the Lord is the one who is lost, and that our part is to seek and find him. The very expressions we use show this. We urge sinners to seek the Lord, and we talk about having found him. Have you found the Savior? asked a too zealous mission worker of a happy, trusting little girl. With a look of amazement, she replied in a tone of wonder, Why, I did not know the Savior was lost. It is our ignorance of God that does it all. Because we do not know him, we naturally get all sorts of wrong ideas about him. We think he is an angry judge who is on the watch for our slightest faults or a harsh taskmaster determined to exact from us the uttermost service, or a self-absorbed deity 
demanding his full measure of honor and glory, or a far-off sovereign concerned only with his own affairs and indifferent to our welfare. Who can wonder that such a god can neither be loved nor trusted? And who could expect Christians, with such ideas concerning him, to be anything but full of discomfort and misery? But I can assert boldly and without fear of contradiction that it is impossible for anyone who really knows God to have such uncomfortable thoughts about him. Plenty of outward discomforts there may be, and many earthly sorrows and trials, but through them all the soul that knows God cannot but dwell inwardly in a fortress of perfect peace. Whoso hearkeneth unto me, he says, shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. And this is a statement that no one dare question. If we would really hearken unto God, which means...